As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everybody, sit down, drink water and relax. Manchester City are into the semi-finals of the Champions League and Liverpool go through too. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Thursday, 14th of April. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Andy Russell. And I'm Vidushina Hunteraja. It truly is the beautiful game, ladies and gentlemen. What a night. Wasn't it? Did you have a great time? I had a great last half hour. Because uh, <laughs> you're all about the ag, aren't you? That's all you like. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's about as long as I tolerate a night out for, about half an hour. Oh, is that right? And then yeah, I thought off. that was just my shit company, but... Uh. <laughs> oh, Andy, you're really missing out. That's when it gets good. This, there was an element of... Uh, I, I would stay for the 9 slash 11 minutes of stoppage time. You would? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you'd have to, wouldn't you? Yeah, um, this had the feel of like a Tarantino film where it's just madness at the end yes it all builds up you expect kind of like a bit of menace and then suddenly you get all of it all the bloodshed in those last 30 minutes rather rather tarantino than guy Ritchie. yeah i mean you've got michael madsen on the touchline haven't you that's true so yeah. yeah it works and those kits are actually very tarantino you know how it's supposed to be like paint but it actually kind of looks like blood yeah it does on the yes, kit. they look yes. like bloodied where's wallies uh so final score <laughs> Athletic Madrid, nil. Manchester City, nil. Uh, Manchester City go through 1-0 on ag. And so indeed it was. It's, it's worth underlining that because it's easy to forget that bit with everything that happened at the oh, end. Oh, yeah. Mm. There were no goals. Yeah, they shut out Atletico Madrid for 180 minutes. Um, Manchester City go through for the third time for the third time in their history to the semi-finals of the Champions League. So a big night for them, Vish. And I think... You know, the only place really to start here after such a momentous occasion is to ask the question of 
Who was your favourite villain? My favourite villain. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's hard not, because there's so many to choose from. Uh, yeah, but is it, it Simon Rosalico in the tunnel? Is it Jack Grealish calling people cunts? Sorry, no, I, I, I think it's. it's I think got, there was only one, wasn't there? It's got to be Stefan Savage for me. The one who because he, he got away with it. Well, exactly, yeah. Like in, in true because he's you know you know when a villain gets away with it, oh. you know there's going to be a sequel. Yes, because he hasn't been caught. But was the sequel not the tunnel? No, no, no. The sequel is that this is. You know, into next season as well. well isn't it? Yeah, I was going to say be, this is a, some, this is a, a type of performance that won't be forgotten. This is Jack Nicholson in the original Batman. Oh, I was, this I, won't be forgotten. Oh, I really hope that's the case because I was thinking the sequel will be three paragraphs on the UEFA website next week that tells you that <laughs> it misses half the group games next season. No, that's the that's a, you know when Disney do their little um, weird series in between of like the Marvel films and he's like, oh, you need to watch this. You don't really need to. It just kind of keeps the story going along, you know. Um, so that's why I think that is. But it's got to be Savage because I, I'm not saying you should be booked on expression alone, but that man only had malice in his eyes. And so, so there's a level of intent there that's already established, which should be a yellow card. He was furious. Or like from kickoff. Yeah, because right. the way he was operating and the way he was, he was constantly going at Foden. And I think, you know, to, to kind of segue into a semi-serious point here, I think one of the best things that City have done over these two legs is they haven't quite tried to out house Atletico. Mm. But they've just been a bit smart about how they take contact, knowing that they're going to be riled and almost calming themselves down to a point. And I thought it was, you know, it was really interesting. You know, Guardiola talked about it last week about how they got the ball boys to work on a rotation. But I thought what was really interesting was whenever a City player looked like they were about to blow up, another City player was nearby, not to kind of offer support, but to calm them down, basically. It's sort of how Atletico took it in turns to foul players. Yeah. Which is, which is the oldest trick in the book. And, and really. even, even, That's why you have back three, basically. Yeah, yeah exactly. And even, even little things like, right, you're, you, you're kind of fouled out with your yellow card, so yeah. I'll take over that duty of, of stopping a counter-attack. And no one really helped Felipe with that, did they? No, not, after, not after, at all. After he got away with that really awful challenge on Foden <laughs> early on. And I'm, I'm not just in, yeah, which yeah. left him with that swim cap aesthetic that, that, for the that, rest of the game. That's that's right. And, and, and Foden, I would, sorry, just to put in it, I think Foden was emboldened by that as well. Other, I do other, as well. Other players might have thought, fuck, I, I don't know if I want this. Yeah. Not I, I mean, that, that picture of him at full time or that screen grab or whatever, someone would have taken off the telly coverage of him just sort of quite serenely smiling while the world is burning. Well, because he won. Because he won. And he won in every possible way. Because, let's cut to the chase here, he got Felipe sent off. And if, you know, he was, he he should have been punished for that early foul on Foden because, like I said, it was a dreadful challenge. But why Felipe was so outraged is because, A, he's got a very short memory. (laughs) Uh, and, And B, I think... If you look, when Foden goes down from the original clean tackle, he leaves an arm out and catches Felipe in the face. Maybe that makes him have a little dig at him. I'm not entirely sure it was purposeful. But either way, I think Foden is, firstly, let's get over the fact that, yeah, English players do dive. You know what? It's fine. And I think it's particularly fine in that situation where you need to protect yourself. Flair players, I think, have got every right to do that, to, to protect themselves. And he won in every sense. Yeah. He didn't get, even though Savage tried to pull him up by his by his something I can't remember a bit of his shirt. He just yeah. tried to remove him because he was rolling. Yeah, the yeah, pitch, yeah, for it? sure. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. that's you. You can't be doing that, Vish. You can't be just like dragging players around because they're in the wrong position. That's not. That's not in the spirit of the game. 
But, but Apart I think, from the game that we want to see, but I think in I, the spirit. I, I, I know it happened. <laughs> it happened quite I see late. What you've done there? <laughs> it happened quite late in the game, but it was a great sign that the Atletico had, had completely lost it because I think a lot of. Well, that was the moment it just you went say, absolutely you say shit, that, wasn't though. it? I think I think that I think the lines are quite blurred there because at that moment it's, it's easy to say. And Miguel Delaney's written a, written a brilliant article about this and what Atletico are, what they represent. Um, how they maybe wind themselves up a little bit too much into a frenzy in situations like that. It's in the independent. Strongly recommend you read it. The one thing I would disagree with a lot of people who are looking at this, I always talk about how we judge from the result and work backwards, like sort of find the working to justify the end. I think it's easy to forget, very easy to forget, mm. that after City have done their number, in inverted commas, on Atletico, made them lose it, Made, made Felipe get sent off, wasted loads of their own time at a time where they desperately need the ball <laughs> up the other end of the pitch. After Atletico down to t- go down to 10 men, they had the two best chances of the game. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. actually they, it's actually Atletico who emotionally negotiate that better than Manchester City. That's, and they genuinely could have gone out after Felipe got sent off. That is true, but no, they were gone so, into extra time, sorry. In the yeah, second yeah. half and then, yeah, in the second half and then when you're talking about, they had massive chances. You know, that Jones, uh, John, Jones? John Stones uh, block that he pulled off and yeah. Stephen Savage just, well, it, that was a difficult chance, but mm. he ended up kind of chopping it wide of the post. They had plenty of chances I mean, that's, that's at the, the end. Th- that's the thing though. You look at the way that Manchester City got to the end of that and celebrated. No, I, that was the thing for me. It was an extraordinary scene at the end because the crowd are celebrating as if they've won. They're celebrating their players. And the Manchester City players are celebrating as if they've got to the final already because it feels like, I think, such a a bonding experience for them. We know City can play the best football in Europe. Did we know they could dig in exactly like that? I, I don't know if we did. I know they're defensively underrated because they're so beautiful to watch. But I think... Dealing with what they dealt with last night is, is something else in, entirely. And th- if there was ever a moment that you were going to be convinced that Manchester City are going to win the Champions League, and I will never be convinced they're going to win the Champions League until they actually win it, yeah, yeah, that was it, I would say. Yeah, it was a big night for all. <laughs> it seemed like it was the middle of a big night for many of these Atletico players. So, so what's the deal then? I mean, you can see why um, Atletico think that full shit house is the way to play against Manchester City even if they they got it delivered in reverse on them and and City did a lot better of a job of it but why why do they do this so often well it nearly worked I, I mean well kind of but they also actually I, I played mean, some good football towards the end and and okay fine if you maybe I'm counting out I can't even do the maths but whatever of the 180 minutes well I think in the context of of this tie it's worked or has come as close to working as you can possibly imagine against one of that absolute probably the absolute favorite for the competition because if you said to Atletico before the tie you're going to concede one goal in 180 minutes you're snapping that your hand the hand off at that you know it's 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 great it's worked but I think the point going back to Miguel's article the point that he made is it's fine playing like that against Manchester City that's not the Atletico issue exactly why are they playing when, when you're doing that against 90% 90% of teams that you have much more money than because they're not little Atletico or little-ish Atletico. Well, they're never little, little Atletico. But, you know, those players aren't beg, stolen and borrowed anymore. You know, they've got an absolutely humongous wage bill. It's not like Atletico They've probably still got the best paid coach in the world as well, they? They do have yeah. the best paid coach by, by in the world. By distance, yeah. Yeah, and they've, they've 
got a player up front who cost 100 million and loads of other options and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think it's, it's really interesting seeing this internal conflict. And if ever a club suited an internal conflict, <laughs> it, it was them. Because at the moment, I think you've got this kind of push-pull between Simeone wanting to do what Simeone does and leaning on those values and players who want to do a little bit more. So whether, whether that ultimately works or he has to move on because he's had an incredible decade that's like changed the club. I, I don't know, but it's going to be interesting watching it, watching it pan out. Isn't a lot of how they play governed by who they play in that to get the La Liga titles, to get as far as they have in Europe, to reestablish themselves as a dominant force in not just Spain, but in European football. Maybe, you know, a dominant is probably not the right word, but in terms of <laughs> recognisable force, I suppose. Yeah. They've had to find a way of playing those big teams. And the best way of doing that or honing that is to play like that all the time. I always think about that when I see Atletico. I always think they're always preparing for this match. Mm. They're always preparing for a quarterfinal or a semifinal against a team where they have to shut up shop and they do it better than anyone. And, you know, Pep said the other day that he totally gets why, well, he, rather, he knows they're defensive. He doesn't see that as a sly. I always think that, I, th I think they have taken it too far in that regard. I don't think they have to play like that, as you as you stated there. But I just feel like they're a product of their environment. Yeah, I, th I think that's true. And Simeone's worked so hard on that environment. I mean, the atmosphere, you know, you rarely get the atmosphere when you're watching a televised match. Yeah. It's absolutely flying out the television. Sound and, it, and it's, it's flying out the television from what you see on the field as well. Not, yeah. the, not just the noise. I think you see the way they're playing, you're like, that looks but, but, raucous. But, but that's that's what Simeone does and that's what makes him so valuable is that he conducts the crowd. He like very self-consciously conducts the crowd. And that's really special. And you saw that thing at the end where yeah. I think people were saying he was sarcastically clapping the city bench. Yeah. He, he wasn't. He was no. clapping the fans and they, they were clapping him. It was a sarcastic clap though. He was, I thought he was clapping the time wasting and various other bits. Well, oh, he was doing who that. Will he, ever was, know, he was doing who that as well. Who will ever know yeah, what's yeah. inside it the probably, it, it probably wasn't sarcastic, but uh, you know what? I respect this. Using <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> my was, own move against me. And he was on the pitch as well, wasn't he? He was, he was, he was, he was keyed up. Is, I mean, are they spent force though, really brass, given that they didn't manage to get a rise out of Pep Guardiola? <laughs> you say that. I mean, he looked like he was going to explode. It's really interesting watching two coaches on the touchline and what was that, thinking, I wonder whose head the flame is going to come out of first. Yeah. It, it did look like that, didn't it? I also um, realised, you know, last night was a great example of why Simeone leads the line in terms of uh, sartorial choices uh. Uh, because he clearly is very active. He clearly sweats a lot. So he wears all black. Nice. And the jacket is a good And the layer jacket for is that. good for the armpits as well. Smart man. He is a he is a smart man. He is a smart man, but in the end Pep Guardiola outthought him finally and as you say, perhaps this is it. This perhaps this finally is it. Manchester City going to Yeah, and, and do, you know, do you know what as well? I think if if you're looking for that click moment, it's not just City getting through it. It's the bit where <laughs> it's it's the bit where Guardiola thinks I'm going to bring on Fernandinho to close this out. Yeah, quite. I mean, that's the thing. And you end up with Fernandinho and Rodri on the pitch. And you're probably thinking, well, I wish I did this like <laughs> 10 months ago in Porto or whatever. <laughs> but but, uh, but yeah. Fernandinho is the ideal player to close that out. I can't think of, well, he didn't get 10 minutes in the end. He got 21 minutes, <laughs> yeah. didn't, he? didn't he? But I, I think he had an enormous influence on the on the closing part of, of, of that game. And you think on the... On the Day when he announced that he was, well, the day after he announced that he was, was Tuesday, leaving yeah. as well. Yeah. Tuesday he was on about it. But yeah. it wasn't uh, interesting. Perhaps one 
we should talk a tiny bit about that because we haven't talked about it yet. So Fernandinho in that pre-match presser, he talked about, he said, yeah, I'm, I'm getting out of here. I want to play more football. Mm. I, I want to go back to Brazil. And I, um, and then Pep Guardiola hadn't heard it or, or it is sort of peppish reactions to unexpected um, news. Um, but I, but it does seem like that might, this might be something a bit dodgy, I feel like. I feel like this might be a tiny little fissure within the, the dressing room in the sense that, like, where are we? Like a, like a month ago, they were on about, he was on about how he's a big part, Pep, that is. He's a big part of the dressing room. He's kind of... He's, he's like he, the dad of the dressing room. He's the dad of the dressing room. Yeah. He's, he's key to the the way that the team functions. But he, clearly, from saying things like that, is not is not happy about yeah. the fact that he's barely played all season, whatever it is. 10, I agree with you. 10 games think... in the Premier League. And the fact that he's just, if it's right, if it's true, and it's not kind of a little bit of acting, that he's just popped out and said something about it and tried to drop it, drop right. the mic. I, I, I think that's very interesting. I find that absolutely remarkable, that someone who's so influential for City in so many ways, even if he doesn't play as much anymore, how can you not know as the coach? I I don't understand that do you, do you think that's Do you think that was genuine from Pep? Yeah, I think it was. I think I, I, th- I, I, I have think my, I have my doubts. I think Fernandino blindsided him. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I think maybe he blindsided him in terms of he didn't realise he was going to go public. Right, mm. right. But I, I think Guardiola's been across this for a bit. There's wicked whispers in the dressing room, definitely that people don't feel like it's reasonable that he's played so little. Yeah, although you know, as Brassel said he came on yesterday. He managed the game brilliantly. Like he felt like right now. Well, the that's time. even more reason. Yeah. But but he, he was like now's the time for the adult. Like the adult comes on and is like right, well let's tidy up. But yeah, put that down. Come on, it's bedtime now. If if you're if you're Simeone, do you look at that and say before we go home, do you fancy a season there? Ooh, no. I mean he'd he'd run his legs off, wouldn't he? He'd never walk again. <laughs> you've got to go. You've got. I feel like when you go into Atletico, you've got to be there young, haven't you? You know, break your bones and until you can. You there, know, there, there was there was a bit. There was a bit in the second. There was a bit in the second half where I think it was uh, <laughs> after. Um, Suarez came on where someone found a through pass for Suarez and um, he started getting after it and you're like yeah this is really old man Luis Suarez yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it was you against know? Stones I think they said on commentary five years ago he's knocking that past Stones yeah getting on the other end of it yeah yeah well they all went to bed in the end or possibly they're still fight, fighting in the tunnel there are apparently four policemen in the tunnel at the end do, so, do you think we need we to take it on do not condone that listeners we do not condone it or we do Absolutely. not have HD cameras in there. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I think, so disappointing. The, the thing is, you Did look you at the Scotty way it's Carson set up. supposedly offered Simo Vasalico out. It's easy to offer Simo Vasalico out, though, yeah. isn't it? What? As in, I know, I know he's, I know he's got a bit of something about him, Vasalico, but you know, he's not a savage, is he? Of all I the see people, what you mean. of he's all the people, them off. Yeah. of all the people to pick in that athletic fine, fine, fine. just so happens to be Vasalico. Yeah, yeah. but I, I think you look at the size of that tunnel. I mean, even on like relatively poor security cameras, mm. you get a pretty good view of it. But that tunnel is made for like full-on productions. We with, like, should have had like, better footage. Six cameras, 4K, all that sort there of business. There was some like writing in the way of the picture as well, wasn't there? So it was mm. even less clear. Yeah. That's what. That's the real crime here. Yeah. Well, that, that, you know, you've got to know where you've got to improve for next year, right? <laughs> Damn right. Liverpool go through as well to the semi-finals. 3-3, the final score here against Benfica at uh, Anfield. 6-4 on aggregate. It sounds exciting. It was exciting. But 
the goals are kind of in the wrong order because those two equalising on the night goals from Benfica came at the end um, from Juremchuk and Nunes, who constantly found the net, felt like, uh, but was constantly being ruled out for offside fish. It's a uh, good, good work kind of using that high line of Liverpool. Did the chaos... Did the chaos mean anything to you or does it not really matter? Liverpool trying out a kind of a bit of a, uh, what's the word, a bit of a makeshift side on the night in the Champions League quarterfinal? I don't know. Like I suppose my job as a sports journalist is to overreach, isn't it? And so I was, trying to, I was trying to do that last night and this morning. And the only thing I could come up with is that maybe they might be concerned that the last two home games in the Champions League have been, what, a defeat to Inter and then this draw where they looked a bit defensively... Laps. You know, laps. Yeah, not even all over the place. Just a bit laps. But so um, Real Madrid do it in the in the vintage years. Yeah, well, I don't, Crap I don't, at home, win it away. But but also like it didn't matter because because they were so brilliant away in those first legs. So I, I feel like they the the way they've played this is is perfect for you know I mentioned on yesterday's show in terms of the two main fronts they're fighting on in the league and you know the European Cup. They're managing it really well. They're managing their squad really well. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I don't really know. I, I think Klopp played the media quite well yesterday in terms of his media engagements by saying, you know what, if if I'm ever unhappy going to the semi-final of a Champions League, you know, slap me silly or whatever he said. Um, but I think behind closed doors, he is, uh, I think he's quite an understated tweaker. I think he's someone who, you know, he's always fine-tuning. It's not the case that like he takes a result, leaves it. And I know that's kind of what you'd expect from a manager in his position, and certainly at his level. But I think he'd be waking up today and being like, look, there were a few things yesterday we can't let seep into our game long term. I know we were through, I know we were kind of comfortable all throughout this tie, all throughout the 180 minutes, but, you know, there were little things that I suppose he, he would want to iron out. But then at the same time, I say that, and you look at the number of people who didn't start, who would usually start a yeah, game of big management, it kind of that. doesn't matter, but I suppose it's something for him to address. And there's two ways of looking at it, really. One is he was taking a massive risk putting out the team that he did for what was still a Champions League quarterfinal and what wasn't quite finished, especially with what happened to to Real Madrid the night before. The other way of looking at it is the fact is you look at Liverpool's calendar, it's not just about resting mm-hmm. uh, Salah and Mane. It's about getting minutes into the legs of the other players because you're going to need these players. It's about you the are quadruple, Brassel. It is, exactly. It's about the quadruple, which is on. Although Klopp says... English football is to blame for English size, or the media or something is to blame for English size not being able to win the quadruple ever. Um, well, because, <laughs> of, because, of the, because of the schedule. Oh, probably. Uh, but for the women, they've done it. Uh, Brass, one of the, on the two previous occasions, Liverpool have defeated Benfica in the quarterfinals. They went on to lift the trophy. So it's that, case eh? closed, isn't it? it what is. do you make of that? Yeah, that sounds about right. 70, well, ben, Benfica, 78 and 84. Benfica know about all, all about historical precedent slash curses don't they <laughs> they love a good curse James Milner becoming the oldest Englishman to start a Champions League match since David Beckham played for PSG in at 37 in 2012-13 he's having a big week isn't he Bex just his what film happened? it's nothing to do with him What's what's bend, bend it like Beckham? It's just a reference to bend it like Beckham. It oh, and his son got married on the weekend. Didn't oh, he? oh yeah. yeah, yeah, one for the paupers to enjoy. Uh, Liverpool host Villarreal on the twenty seventh of April. Manchester City will host Real Madrid. Which is your favourite? I think I think. I think. What's your favourite? I think the Villarreal game is my favourite because I just I don't really believe. 
that they can beat Liverpool, but I would love it if they could. Yeah, I mean, the, the, this is seems to be the very limit of Villarreal, doesn't it? Not because I have anything against Liverpool, just to be totally clear. I love seeing <laughs> you, guys. you love the team, you hate the city, that's what you said. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I was down to the last three for LFC TV many years ago, although I guess they didn't hire me, so, you know. <laughs> I love the city. <laughs> I know all about its history. Uh, anyway, sorry, I cut you off. No. Yeah, well, no, I was just I was basically saying that this feels like the limit of what Villarreal are capable of. Well, I felt like the limit of what Villarreal were capable of last time when they went 1-0 up to, to Bayern Munich. Yeah, I noticed that. You were very down on them yesterday. Yeah. Whilst, by the way, I have a, a writ for you from uh, Mr. D. Adebayo for uh, stealing his Beanie Man joke on Karim Benzema. <gasps> Outed yourself as not an OTC listener there, didn't you? Oh, is that his thing? Like, he, 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 is, to my he has not just used that or overused it. He has flogged it beyond death. Wow. And I love him for it. <laughs> Things are heeting up in the Football Ramble studio. Now, Dotson is someone I wouldn't fight. Let's get <laughs> to the tunnel, lads, shall we? But before we do that, let us know. Tell us, Brass, what's happening on OTC today? Well, apart from me calming down and angry Dotton, uh, <laughs> we will be discussing what went wrong for Bayern Munich and all the fallout with them. Can Real Madrid actually win the Champions League? And Nicky Bandini will be joining us to talk about, is it the end of an era for Napoli? Ha, can't wait. Subscribe to Football Ramble Presents so you do not miss an episode of that one. All right, let's get to a break and calm down. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If I had an extra hour in the day, I might catch up on the latest football news, take a lovely walk with my dog Sammy, or maybe interview someone using an orange peel and a broken iPhone. You know, normal journalism stuff. But it's not always easy to prioritise our time, and that's where therapy can be an extra helping hand. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Untangle any unneeded worries and start to value your time for you. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ramble. 
I'm quite a placid guy. <laughs> oh, are you? Are you, though? Welcome back to the Football Ramble with me, Brass and Vish in your ears today. We have some very good emails to come. Here we go. I was briefly worried that we might have cut that one down so there were only there was only one chorus but thank nah, God come on it's all about the key change all about the key magnum change. opus retains its current format it, it does uh, we've got one from Evan here after we heard about Anders Limpar shaving all his hair off to make him more aerodynamic on Tuesday's show. Hi, not sure what the cross-section is between serious cyclists and football ramble listeners, but my former cycling teammate in graduate school, Chris Yu, built a wind tunnel for his employer, Specialised, and proved that shaving your legs makes you way faster. 70 seconds over 40 kilometers or more than a minute in an event usually decided by seconds. Perhaps we can all take a lesson from nature's hydro slash aerodynamicist, the beaver. Yeah, I totally, th- I mean, I'm much faster than you on a run, aren't I, Brass? So oh, yeah? that's probably what it's all about. Oh, yeah. it's probably my, my, Even though I've got less hair. It's probably about my, what? No, but my aerodynamic legs, because right. women generally tend to... That's that's funny, actually. I, I, I noticed the first couple of times I went to tournaments with Portugal oh yeah lots of waxed legs in that squad I think, that, do, I do think you know that's what? just also you know the, the great moniker um, look good feel good play good I thought it was to do with uh, with, with massages Oh, because what you've got to bear in mind what you've got to bear in mind is that Portuguese men are, are, are typically quite hirsute is I mean, this not, was this not your that... whole take that this guy is debunking Huh? Or was it someone else? No, I think... No, no, no this, I think, this, was it Luke's, Luke's, Luke's take? Luke's got Luke, that off you then, has he? No, no, but I think that is that is true. But I think Luke specifically said that it's not for aerodynamic reasons, even though it is, yeah. Definitely bloody is. And same for swimming and things like this. Yeah, yeah. it's a side yeah. benefit, what Evan's talking about, definitely. It's a side benefit. Yeah. As long as you make sure to exfoliate so you don't get... Ingrown hairs. Yeah, yeah I mean, let's not get into that thing about Luis Figo waxing his chest for that Calvin Klein campaign. That was awful. Why was that awful? Well, because it must have really hurt. Oh, okay. You guys are fucking wimps. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I mean, it would be fine for me, but Luis Figo, being a Portuguese gentleman. You're calling Portuguese gentlemen wimps? No, I'm calling them hairy. Well, does Pepe know you think they're wimps? Ooh, here we go. Are you you trying to find me a fighting partner? Look over your shoulder. Now you've you've picked a fight with uh, various Manchester City players. Yeah, exactly. I need Pepe as backup. Um, I've got an email from... Someone who'd like to remain anonymous. After hearing the email about grown men with names on their shirts on Tuesday's Ramble, I needed to tell you about an older guy who sits in front of me at Palace. He has 69 as a number. Classic. And to top it off, the word Gizza. Oh my God. On top of the name. It annoys me every single time I see it. You can do without that. It's not I, much point you staying anonymous, is there? Because presumably this old dude... Just, just turn around and be like, right, it's, it's you then, isn't it? You've, you've sent that in. That is the thing, anonymous, <laughs> with season ticket seats, isn't it? Yeah. I, I tell you, yeah. What, what, was, what was a little bit unfortunate, when I lived in France, you would have a lot of Lyon fans with 69 pressed onto their... Les Olazes? No, because it's the department that um, Lyon is in. 
It's the 69th department. So it's nothing saucy there at all. Why did Elizabeth Lazio change his number to 69 at the end of his career? That's a good question. But it's it's not because he's from there. Is it maybe it's probably maybe it's called something else in French as well anyway. They probably have lo- lovelier words and terminology for making love, wouldn't you have thought? <laughs> I mean, it's a very specific way of making love, isn't it? Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I think they probably have ter- decent terms. Right in, right in, guys. Uh, you, if you're French and you know lovely terms <laughs> about sex, uh, give us an email, show at footballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble. Now, it's interesting, Brass, you make the point about season ticket holders and everyone sitting together because we're just going to talk now about Granite Jacko's done one of these amazing pieces in the Players' Tribune where he um, he talks about what happened when the Arsenal fans booed him off uh, in that Crystal Palace game and he threw his shirt on the ground. Um, but he also talked in that, he talked about what it feels like to still walk to the tunnel and see those same faces that, according to him, prompted that reaction in him because, yeah. of course, everyone sits in their seats and, and he says he made eye contact with them and saw the kind of hate in their face that day um, and considered it a huge you know, moment of disrespect as he was the captain, disrespect to the club as well. Uh, it's a pretty interesting piece. What did, what did you make of it? Um, I didn't think it was massively surprising, mm. any of it. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's something that's often forgotten. The fact that you just expect players to play the next game and get on with it. And you know, now everything's been calm for a while. It's fine. I don't think it'll ever be Fine, fine, will it? Mm. I think uh, it, it makes me wonder from his perspective what actually made him stay. You know, money, yeah. family happy in London. Well, he says Arteta kind of persuaded him effectively. Mm. But, but the real reason, I suppose, is probably financially. Perhaps if we weren't in a pandemic and, you know, there'd be another club who'd be able to take him on, he might have gone that way. Yeah, I mean, but... there, there was there was talk of him going to Roma at one point, although from what I gather... Start they, this season, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah they, they were never prepared to pay exactly what Arsenal wanted. I mean, you're not getting any eye contact with the fans. They've got a bloody great running track at the Olympics. Yeah. Though, oh, he'd so. love it, wouldn't he? He can't yeah. hear them. Sorry, Perfect. what was that? <laughs> yeah, the thing about the fans, I think it's quite interesting. What really that made me think of is... I think when you go to a game of football, we've seen this again and again, more connected to really some of the really vile stuff we've talked about in the past, is that I think fans, and that's one of the great joys of going to football, you feel kind of anonymous. You feel mm. like a part of an anonymous mass and and you're just the crowd and these guys are down there, you know, doing whatever. You know exactly all about their lives. You know everything about them. But the fact is, you know, Roma aside, because you can't, you're so far away, but you, you can't, obviously... You're an individual person too, and your actions do have consequences, and they do have an impact but on al- your players. Also, how English football and the atmosphere of the Premier League has actually affected the world, because the fact is, um, it is considered best practice to have stands that are absolutely on top of the pitch. Now, you know, we're mm. talking about Roma. Real Sociedad used to have this huge running track at the Anoeta that they never used, and they had quite an extensive operation to bring all the stands in, and it's done incredible things for, for for the atmosphere. And that's what, if you talk to players who come from abroad and play in the Premier League, that's what they say is the thing. The fact that the fans are, are, are right next to you, it's almost like basketball. It's so incredibly intense. Yes. But but that's, that's wonderful in one way. But on the other hand, abuse is going to feel a lot more personal. So, mm. you know, there has to be, there has to be something done about that. Yeah, he says, still to this day, if we've lost, I hate walking those last meters to the tunnel because I still recognize their faces. Yeah, I suppose 
this this doesn't feel like a situation that's particularly unique to him or Arsenal, does it? I imagine quite a no. few quite a few players dislike certain sections of their own fans, certain areas of their own fans. You know, um, I, I I I won't name him, but I remember a friend of mine had a particular problem with a player at QPR, but became a recurring thing because his seats are kind of just behind the dugout, and he kind of shouted at him once, and he recognize him every now and again is this your friend anonymous <laughs> yeah no but but he he was like he he's um like my mate's not a dick so he was like i actually felt quite bad because i was only having a go at him for football reasons mm. um but he obviously he obviously remembers it or remembered it like he doesn't play for them anymore i think that's a really important thing to recognize yeah because he was like oh yeah and he was like every now and again when he kept when he would come off afterwards he was he would like try and work his way into like an apology to be like <laughs> Man, I'm really sorry about the other day, but like, but he was like, "How how do you actually repair that relationship?" Because everyone thinks about it one way, and yeah. and on Jacka's point of view, in terms of the wider fan base, it's like just playing well, keeping your keeping your you know your nose out of trouble. Arsenal is this as the whole team, you know, going and doing bigger and better things. But the the relationship's actually harder to fix the other way because it's like. Do we still? I mean, we're going to sing your name, but do you, I'm singing your name, by the way. I know, I know, it slags you off the other day, but that was, you know, I'm I'm singing it really just loud, loudly really as loud. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's the thing. I think for a long time, the word passion has been used as a sort of get out of jail free card for all sorts of really harsh and personal abuse that's not all right in a stadium. Because well, also it's, it's a badge it's of honour right as well, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, there was there was this thing at um, Hertha Berlin at the weekend where they got battered in the derby by Union. And um, the players, they always, in Germany, they always approach the crowd at, at, at the end. And um, the Hertha players approached the crowd and the ultras made them take their shirts off because they said they weren't worthy of wearing the shirts. The awful thing was, though... How do they enforce that? It was that, well, they, they just asked them to and some of these players felt shocked enough, especially the younger players. That's what unnerved me a bit. Right. Felt shocked enough, like, say, you have Linus Gechter, who's a teenager, taking his shirt off. And Freddie Bobic, the sporting director, talked about it afterwards and he said, that's actually not okay. Mm. It's basically these adults bullying, bullying teenagers. Yeah. Also, it, it's, it, it doesn't just stop on the field because they're going to go home and think twice about walking outside in in the city or the town that they live in yeah. because of what's because of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I imagine that's that's quite harrowing especially for a kid. Yeah, I mean we still have that thing here of like, you know, if you've lost don't don't go out for a meal with your wife or your family. Just stay inside and hang your head in shame. There's a really there's a yeah, really Yeah, shame really. I always find when I feel bad about something I've done like professionally you know, I haven't performed as well as I could do on the ramble. I find if I just sit in a corner and feel really sh- ashamed <laughs> of myself, I find that I do. That really helps. That really helps me professionally. It does to a it does to a point, but um, I don't know why you do it when we record. <laughs> you do it in your own time. Why do you keep coming in? We can be recording from home. Uh, we'll... What you've done is a disgrace. <laughs> You've let us down. You've let your family down. And I'm very disappointed in you. <laughs> there's, um, well, there's plenty more European action for you guys tonight. Um, will Leon Brass no. show, show enough, <laughs> show enough no. passion for you? No. In that they're currently level 1-1 against West Ham. Level heading into this second leg, uh, kicking off at 8 o'clock tonight. West Ham are tired and they really looked it at um, Brentford at the weekend having said that I think they're going to raise themselves for this 
I think also they've got the players to get at Leon and the, the way they defend or don't really defend the wide areas. We saw that early on in the first game with um, Bowen and um, Mikel Antonio. They could really get at them. And I think with 11 players, because, you know, the sending off, whatever you think of it, massively changed the game mm. last week. I think that makes a, a big difference. Both these sides are like limping a little bit, though. You've got no Anthony Lopez, the goalkeeper for, for Leon. Uh, you've got no, no Lucas Pacatar. He's injured as, as as well. So, I mean, basically, there's going to be two bold men fighting over comb. And I think West Ham will be slightly less bold. They'll comb over more successfully. You gave them no chance, Leon, before the first leg. Yeah, and I'd stick with that. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Summed it up. I mean, West Ham don't have any defenders on the left-hand side. Aaron Cresswell suspended Kurt Zuma out for a little while. Angelo Bonner has been out for some time as well. Uh, so it's a Diop. See what he makes of it all. I sound like Yarmolenko at left-back to you. Yeah. yeah. A Masawaki though, wouldn't it? Uh, Annoyingly. Yeah, like I said, Yarmolenko at left-back. <laughs> <laughs> Rangers are hosting Braga at Ibrox in another quarterfinal tonight as well with that 1-0 Braga going in on aggregate heading into that one. Roma are hosting Buda Glimt. Again? 2-1 two, two down they are. Just I mean, the 2-1 down. We don't care about the score. Just the 2-1 We one know down. what we're here for. Well, I mean, I'm disappointed in it because it's not the 6-1 that they, that they managed in the group stages. Buda Glimt must be feeling like they haven't, you know, round time their advantage enough despite beating up, sorry, both sides, <laughs> both sides say that punches were thrown. There is an agreement on that. Yes, there is. In after the game, um, they'll be without their manager Ketel Knutsen. He had a physical altercation with uh, Roma's goalkeeping coach Nuno Santos at the end of the first leg last Thursday. The debate is about who who <laughs> threw the first punch. Basically, I th- I think what the overwhelming suspicion is here. Yes, is um. Like the people are looking at it and thinking Mourinho has said, well, someone's going to have to sacrifice themselves. <laughs> Nuno. Because they've both been provisionally suspended by UEFA. There's video footage of it. I don't know, Vish, I don't know if your your analytic mind worked better on the footage than, than mine. I couldn't. I couldn't. I mean, I couldn't see a thing. But, yeah, um, I couldn't really tell. Yeah, I, I just, will they be kept apart or do you think this is going to? Pushed on by... By Jose. Oh, will they be kept apart? I yeah. think meant in the fight. No, no, no. Will, will they be kept? Will they? You know, I don't know what UEFA do. They do they have extra officials there monitoring it. Well, I, I don't know. I kind of think that this sort of violence naturally occurs when you play a team too much during a season. So basically, Roma and Budaglimt is like the 2022 version of when Real Madrid and Barcelona played each other four, oh, four, yes. four times yeah, in, yeah. in 17 days. Obviously, over a slightly more extended period. But I think we have to make uh, allowances for that. And like we said, there's a lot of space at the Olympico. I think Romolo, the mascot, will be keeping them apart. <laughs> I mean, as we know, he can handle himself in a combat situation, history fans. So. Jose Mourinho says we reacted with honour, despite the humiliation. <laughs> I mean, honestly. In the one we lost 6-1, we were exemplary. Knutson himself says Mourinho's attitude is shocking. Again, this is an example of perhaps someone not following the career of, of other people as closely as they might. Yes. He even said that events like this make me want to move to a different field. Uh, that's Jose. Uh, but a glimpse, fans though, they're taking matters into their own hands. They've raised 8,000 US dollars to create Knutson face masks to wear during the match. That the players won't be able to see because the stands are so far away. <laughs> Good, good. Maybe they'll Use have a money. fan. Maybe they'll have a fan on the bench. 
Mm. Or, or maybe in mass to it, like inspire it might them. be it might be like did you see that uh, Cologne fan who got onto the pitch? Of course, uh, at, at the Bayern game. Yeah, it might be it might be like that. So eventually, someone in a Kettle Knutsen mask will make it onto the field. I mean, the players will have left several hours before. <laughs> but... <laughs> well, the winner, whoever it is, come on, Budo, will play Leicester or PSV. They face each other tonight at five forty-five. That classic football watching hour. I think we're, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of used to it by now. It's a nice little Yeah, but this is literally your job, mate. Like, it's nobody else's job. Everybody else listening, mainly, is, it's not their job. They R- have, like, jobs home, to do. Rush home from work or maybe, yeah, maybe exactly. a lot of people work from home now. You know, you get nice the sort of kids tea of, like, fish fingers, chips and, and, and peas. It's too lap. early for tea, 545? Not, kids, if you're a ki- not if you're a kid, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What time do kids go to bed nowadays? <laughs> I think it's very dependent on their ages, Vish, from what I understand. <laughs> right. Because you're in bed quite early. Quite, tries to be, yeah. yeah. Needs to get my beauty sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just meant you don't usually have plans in the evening. <laughs> but I'm a little bit worried that today is the day that all the things that we think were really interesting about the Europa League and the Conference League, such as, you know, West Ham potentially about to play Barcelona how far Leicester City can go, Rangers and general Ibrox feel for those European nights. I'm worried that this is the day that they all die, all those dreams. Because I think they've been sustaining us for most Thursdays. They've been really interesting and, you know, I think the dynamic from an English perspective and a British perspective rather has been pretty cool. But I'm a little bit worried for all three of them today. What makes you feel that? Is that just an emotional response, Vish? Just an emotional response to knowing that things die eventually. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, well, sorry to hear that. And um, <laughs> happy Thursday, listeners! <laughs> and thanks. It's all, it's all transient, basically. You know. it, oh shit! It's Easter, so they might come back. You don't know. <laughs> so that's yeah. I mean, it could die, but great save, yeah. great save. Move the stone over and walk out of the cave. Our oh, listeners, I'd leave you with the the point that the transience of football, in in many ways, is the beauty of it. So, despite Vish's deeply depressing end to the show, we are going to get out of here. Say goodbye in a chirpy way, Vish. Goodbye. Aw. Say goodbye, Brass. Goodbye, but not forever. Just till tomorrow. <laughs> That's nice. We can't yeah. wait to see you. Thanks for listening to the Football Ramble, part of the ACAST Creator Network. DiCaprio looks really old in that um, End of the World film. DiCaprio's never been fit, by the way. I think it's a great, yeah, that's, amazing, no, no, extraordinary no, scam that's that he's pulled on the world. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Romeo think, and Juliet. You heard it Romeo here and Juliet. Leonardo the DiCaprio is a minger. No, but right, he, let's start. I think he's aged nicely. No, he's it's a not minger. About, no, it's not about his age. It's he's about, a it's like, chubby little that, minger. Take that. It's like the hold he had oh. on that, <laughs> that um, you know, those group of women at that, at that time of their lives. Yeah. Idiots. Obviously, Romeo and Juliet, the beach, Titanic. Yeah. Catch me if you can. And he was like, he's set for life. All right, here we go. The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. shopify.com slash work.